Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can follow my work at texasfootball.com. You can buy our magazine on bookshelves. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Instagram, Dave Campbell's. And we got a guest this week. We got Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been a while. It has been a while, hasn't it, man? Yeah. It's just been a, it's been a busy off season already. <laughs> it really has. And uh, obviously, you know, Ish is, is the guy who puts out Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball, which, by the way, you should also check out TexasBasketball.com. We've mm-hmm. got some continuing coverage over there, trying to build it up. Yep. I'm actually heading up to uh, Baylor TCU tomorrow, right? Yeah, that should be a good matchup. Yeah, I did not think he would be <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Baylor's figured out how to play basketball again. So mm-hmm. how about that? Yeah. Anyway, huh, man, it's Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. It's Super Bowl week. I guess that's a weird one. Uh, it's NBA trade drama week. Oh, yeah, and it's, boy, is that booming right now. Yeah, but you know what? College football never stops. College football really never stops. Uh, you know, we had two things that we really wanted to talk about this week. So, first of all, Caesars Casino, mm-hmm. they released their 2019 college football title launch, right? Mm-hmm. And they actually did it for every FBS team, which, you know, Sure. I think we've watched enough college football to know that, uh, you know, maybe you can include the AAC. Right. But, like, you know, if you're not in the Power Five, then it's, you, you don't need to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and just reading quickly down the list. So, Texas is tied for fourth among all teams. Yeah. With 15 to 1 title odds. Texas A&M, tied for ninth, 30 to 1. I think those are pretty fair. Although the schedule is. Whew. Sure. So, this one actually surprised me, Okay. Baylor and Texas Tech were next up at 200 to 1, and TC was behind them at 300 to 1. Hmm. Which, like, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk in a second. I mean, I think that Baylor could take a step forward, but that's a pretty big step, and yeah. I don't understand the Texas Tech love at all. Uh, Houston, next up, 500 to 1. I think that's a little bit of a value pick. Sure. North Texas and SMU both at 1,000 to 1, mm-hmm. and Texas State, UTSA, UTEP, and Rice. Basically off the board at ten thousand right. to one. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's the worst odds that they gave anybody. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, hey, sorry, man, I don't think Texas State's gonna win that. Yeah, yeah, national title. We gotta worry. We gotta worry about winning four games before we start talking <laughs> national title hopes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it really does. That top one, right? That that top one is really the Texas <sighs> at, at fifteen to one odds. So just just to give you a little bit of perspective, okay? Clemson obviously two to one national title favorites. Alabama five to two, Georgia six to one, and then Ohio State and Texas, ahead of Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M. Now I will say, like I'm not saying that Texas should definitively be behind. That sure. should definitive, maybe definitively be behind Oklahoma, but sure. you know everybody else on the list. Sure, you can make an argument. Oh man, but <laughs> I, guess, I guess this is how we really know that Texas is back, right? I, right, right. They're starting to get overrated. <laughs> Top five by, yeah. expectations. We'll, I think we'll really see it when the polls come out. When, yeah. the, when the first preseason poll right. comes out, and it's like number three, Texas, and yeah. you're just like, oh, we're going here, aren't we? Yeah, it's just I don't feel like we need to be this quick with it, right? right. I, and I mean, growth I, isn't exponential, right? Like, it isn't always exponential. And and granted, like fifteen to one odds are you know they're fourth, but that's still not outrageous right you know that's, that's saying a, that's saying like put money down on this team right like that, that's right. enticing you to put money down but it's just i don't know and, and granted we don't know what uh ryan day is going to be like at ohio state right but just looking i, I it's 
Texas has not won a Big 12 title since 2009. Yep. Texas had gone two out of three years without making a bowl mm-hmm. under Charlie Strong. And they obviously go. They obviously beat Georgia. And, and that's right. obviously where this optimism is coming from. If right. they lose to Georgia, they're more in the 10-12 range. Right. But, you know, they beat Georgia. And, and to be clear, I... I'm not the type who likes to say, oh, well, I didn't care about that game. No, I think they cared about that game. They did. I, they did. I, I, mean, I, I, I hate using that excuse when it comes to SEC teams that right. underperform. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, Georgia, you know, I, I kind of caught some flag on Twitter for saying this, but, like, Georgia has played in the college football playoff, and yeah. before that it had been, like, 15 years since they had really played in a New Year's Six type game. Yeah. Right? Like, Georgia's not used to being in these games before. You right. can say that they... They're not... They don't have the legacy of, of not right. caring. Right. <laughs> like, like you know what? I, I still hate it, but if you say Alabama doesn't care because they didn't play in the playoff... Okay. Fair. I you can know? see that, Because right? they, they have the expectation that we're going to play in the playoff. Right. right? And that, they have every year. Yeah. Georgia? Georgia does <laughs> not have that. Yeah. So, it's just... I don't know. Uh, but... Number four. Number four. Like they're saying, they're better odds than Michigan. They're, they're saying, saying that they're better odds than yeah, Oklahoma, uh, LSU. LSU won ten games this year, yeah. and and we'll get to them in just a minute. And mm-hmm. I, actually, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and reference this. Sure. Uh, returning production rankings. SB Nation just put this out. Mm-hmm. LSU ranks number fifteen in returning production. Yeah. And number twelve on offense. Yeah. And, and we mentioned Ryan Day. You know, it's right. a mystery. They're even odds with uh, Oklahoma yeah. or Ohio State. Right. They're better than Oklahoma. Like yeah. I get it. Oklahoma lost Kyler Murray yeah. and uh, uh, Mark, uh, Hollywood Brown, and their offensive line is going to be an issue. My the rule should stand as yeah. I won't. Bel- the only the only uh, way I won't believe Oklahoma aren't favorites to win the Big Twelve title is when they're not holding the Big Twelve title. <laughs> like I need to see it to right. believe it. <laughs> no, I back in twenty seventeen. Yeah, right. Uh, that was the first year that we were doing Big Twelve diehards. We mm-hmm. went to Big Twelve Media Day. We did our media poll, all that yeah. sort of stuff. This was Mason Rudolph and James Washington senior years. Yeah, they came back. I'm like, you know, this might be the year. Who this this might be it. I mean, you know, Baker was back, but yeah. like they. They, we didn't know anything about Hollywood Brown. Sure. We didn't know anything about C.D. Lamb. Right. We didn't know anything about Rodney Anderson. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, oh, man. And, and like, the offensive line was good, right. not great. I, th- I think I picked in, that, in the magazine. I think I picked uh, uh, them to win, Oklahoma State to win. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so I also picked Oklahoma State to win. Yeah. And granted, I mean, you know, it wasn't <laughs> – it looks ridiculous in, in, in hindsight. You know, I mean, at the time. But, and they lost the game by, what, three points? Right. And – you know, obviously Oklahoma State then choked against Kansas State later in the year, but like, yeah. but like, if you, <laughs> it's like picking the Big Twelve basketball pool, right? Right. Yes. You, you, Kansas just, is going to win the regular season. Just put put Kansas at number one, yeah. because you're going to look a whole lot dumber if they do win, right? Then you're going to look smart if they don't win, right? <laughs> and just just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Right. Right. I mean, and and look. Again, to returning production, you know, Oklahoma, now they're not great. They're 109 in offensive returning production. Sure. But also they have the best offensive coach in all of college football. Maybe in all of football. And, by the way, they're getting a quarterback who's led a right. team to the title twice. Right. So, so and, and keep in mind, okay, they, they lost their starting quarterback. They yeah. lost four of their five offensive linemen. They lost their top wide receiver. They lost uh, their top running back from the year prior. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they got Kennedy Brooks coming back at running back. Sure. But despite all of that, they're still number 57 in returning production. And, yeah. and a big part of that is fueled by being number 13 on defense. Mm-hmm. And, and they're bringing in Alex Grinch. Right. And they bring in Alex Grinch. I think he's going to change a lot of things there. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll, we'll see whether he changes 
everything per se. Right. You know, because especially in your first year, that's a whole lot to ask. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this is going to be a horrific defense next year. Right. I think it's just going to be a slightly below average defense, which is a huge step. Which is a huge step <laughs> and might be enough to offset the historically amazing offense. Right. Like if the offense can just be, if Lincoln Riley's floor of an offense yeah. is good. Yeah. A slightly below average defense might might level that out, <laughs> right. and Oklahoma might just be right. fine again. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think that it's fair to talk about Lincoln Riley and Cliff Kingsbury similarly, right. obviously with crazy different levels of talent. Right. Um, you know, and, like, that was the thing. It didn't really matter who Cliff had, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, one year, they weren't great, right, mm-hmm. on offense. Right. 2017, they yeah. weren't great on offense. They were still very good. Sure. Like, they were still top 15-ish. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was with Nick Shimanek yeah. under center. You know, and you're not running out Nick Shimanek. Mm-hmm. You're running out Jalen Hurts. Right. And even if Austin Kendall had stayed and he was the guy, or even if Tanner Mordecai had stayed, and, or, or if Tanner if Mordecai was, was the guy, the guy yeah. like, those are better players than Nick Shimanek. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it, they might be fine. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and the big question, obviously, is that they lose four out of five offensive linemen. But, um, but you know, I mean, I think that we kind of trust Bill Biedenbaugh to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and... So, so Oklahoma being behind them is kind of crazy. Florida with all they bring back is kind of crazy. Michigan being behind them is kind of crazy. LSU with how much they bring back is kind of crazy. Like, oh, man. <laughs> there's yeah, just, there's it, a lot of questions. Yeah, there really is. And, and, and actually, you know, even if we go one down on that, like to, to Texas A&M, number nine, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's relatively fair, yeah. but it's still just like, I don't know. H- have you looked at their schedule? Texas? No, Texas A&M's. A&M's. No, I'm not Okay, okay. Do here, okay well, go for it. Because I have Texas up, and they got LSU, which, you know. Uh, not, not ideal. Not, not ideal. ideal. But go, but yeah. go with A&M. Okay. Um, and let me actually quickly pull it up. So okay. they, they go to Georgia. They go to LSU. They go. With, by the way, revenge game for LSU because they yep. are going to be upset yep. about that game and everything that transpired after that game. They host Bama. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Which it's going to be a great environment. And they go to Clemson. Oh my but. God. <laughs> oh man. If they go eight and four, like this, that'll be a pretty impressive oh, year. That'd be so impressive if they pulled that off. If, wow. if they go one and three in those games. Then like Anum starts top five in twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. That's that's very true. Oh man, that is rough. Because because that's the thing too. You don't just play those four teams. Yeah. You play three of them on the road. Yeah. And the one that you play at home is Bama on a road. I was about to say yeah. The one you get at home is still Alabama. <laughs> right. Like, that might be a great environment. Like right. that's gonna be a lot oh, of fun. Like and you know what I I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that because they have a bye the week before. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me at all to see them either put up a really great fight sure. or to even win, right? Sure. But if they win that one game, they're still probably going to lose the other three. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, they're going to expend a lot of energy right. with that game because that's that's the one where Jimbo Fisher is going to look at a defend home field, right? Right, defend Kyle Field. Right, that's the one that could swing in their favor. And yeah, the, and and I mean like Anim had trouble playing on the road this yeah. year. Like that was yeah. kind of their one thing was Kyle Field was a fortress. Yeah, and it was really tough for other teams to it's come in there and play well. They almost beat Clemson. Right. And yeah, on the road it was a different story. And they yeah, I mean on the road like Clemson and, and now Clemson wasn't 
Clemson by the but right, they were right. they, they were, were still they were still trying to figure out the two team right. they're still one of the two right. best teams in the nation probably and so. and like you see what Clemson did to Bama right you know and and even even though they didn't really decide that Trevor Lawrence was the guy mm-hmm. they were still dominant yeah right I, even in that early stretch of the season and right. and so for A and M to go and put up the best fight that anybody in the country put up against them mm-hmm. that's very real mm-hmm. right because even with Kelly Bryant in. They killed everybody else. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, and, and hell, even without Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant, mm-hmm. they went and beat a top twenty-five team. Yep. You know, like that's ridiculous. That's yep. not supposed to happen. That is a talented team. <laughs> but to go on the road to Death now Valley, that, to, now to go to both Death Valleys. Right. Oh god, yeah, they're going to both Death Valleys. One against a team that feels they were cheated out of a game. Right. Right. So they're going to LSU's going to come out with their hairs on, yeah. heads on fire. And then the other one now is their fully realized perfect form. Like, Clemson yeah. is now Clemson. Yeah. And that news fella is uh, Trevor Lawrence is back. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is back. Everybody except Wilkins, which, like, okay. No, so they lose their entire defensive front. Right, exactly. But if we know anything about Clemson yeah. is, hey, by the way, just, they got more guys. Yeah, like, they, they got more guys. Especially <laughs> in that front seven. They're, they're going to be absolutely fine. Right. So, but, yeah, the thing is, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is back. Clemson's now its fully realized national title form. Right. And so that's going to be a... A more of a test than what we saw this past year. Okay, so I want, I want to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously have plenty of time all offseason to talk about sure, this and sure. Texas A&M's title hopes. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, when you look at title hopes, I mean, you know, you look at kind of the top ten teams for actual legitimate title. Right. After that, though, it's just kind of interesting to see how at least Caesar's Palace, you know, in Vegas right. views these other teams. Mm-hmm. I and look, I I think by the end of the year, like. Uh, I think by what was that? I don't know. Someone oh, okay. fell in the office. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like that. <laughs> that was real, right? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, by the end of the year, yeah, it is a miracle that TCU managed to make a bowl game and win. Absolutely, it is a miracle. <laughs> yep. But now you head into uh, into 2019, and you lose a lot of your defense, mm-hmm. and you don't really have a great answer at quarterback, mm-hmm. right? You kind of just have the guys you had at the end of the year. Despite all of that, to put them behind Baylor and Texas Tech is a little crazy to me. It's, I think it's crazy to see them do it. Yeah. Tech in, in particular. Yeah. Because uh, there's just a lot more interesting things there with Tech. Yeah. We don't know what offense Matt Wells is going to bring. Yeah. As much as we loved Alan Bowman, we don't know if he fits what they yeah. want to do. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he only had a couple of games when you really, really think about it. Right, right, exactly. And so they're still kind of up in the air. Right. With Baylor, you can make a case because you're kind of yeah. seeing the trajectory of where they're going. Right. But still, like, you, you I feel like even heading into this year, right. we thought, oh, Gary Patterson is just going to get it done. Right. Right? They're just going to find a way. And to see Vegas kind of like pulling pulling back a little bit on the reputation of like, oh, maybe Gary's not going to fix it this year. Maybe it's going to be two years of you know average to poor production. Right. And and actually here you know let's so in 2012-2013, his first two years in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. Gary won seven and four games back to back. Yeah. That was the last time, right? That's the only time. <sighs> I'm trying to I'm trying to look at it. I'm trying to. Th- Other than that. Mm-hmm. TCU has never gone two years in a row under Gary Patterson without winning double-digit games. Yeah. And, and granted, looking at this roster, mm-hmm. looking at what they bring back, it would not be a shock. But at the same time, it, you want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about Matt Wells coming in, mm-hmm. you want to talk about Matt Rule. Yeah. Very good coaches, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that 
Gary Patterson has built up a level of credibility where you need to just assume he's going to figure it out. Right. Because I think you look back at you look back at those the rebound years when you went right. a, after he won single yeah. digits, right? You look at 6 and 6 in 2001, yep. Yep. 10 and 2 the next right. year. You look at five and six in two thousand four, eleven and one. Right. Like he comes back. Yeah. Like uh, four and eight is the big one in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. They go to the Peach Bowl, twelve right. and one the next year in two thousand fourteen. And they even come six, back. Even six and seven in two thousand sixteen, yeah. eleven and three the next year. Right. Now the one thing that I'll say, and, and again we'll get to this when we talk about returning production rankings, mm-hmm. is that usually the hallmark of these teams is that they're young on right. defense. Right. And this team was not young on defense. Yeah, this, waste, this wasted a pretty experienced defense. Right. This offense wasted a pretty right. experienced defense. And so that is, I, I think that is a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I don't know how I'm going to pick them when the season starts. Right. You know, I think that there's a 50-50 chance between Baylor and TCU. I don't know who I'm going to put ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's going to be a pretty steep learning curve with Texas Tech. Yeah. Because they just want to... Because I don't think that they're necessarily completely different systems. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that, you know, when you talk about um, David Yost, mm-hmm. the office coordinator sure. uh, at Utah State, who's now at Texas Tech, you know, he wants to go fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of that Neil Brown style. He wants to go fast. He wants to be explosive. And that's all pretty similar hallmarks of air raid, right? Right. And defensively, they're going to want to force turnovers. Mm-hmm. But it's more just the culture, right? Right. Because Matt Wells is a big-time culture coach. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's the coach you hire to change a culture, right? And you know they they didn't want to just hire another air raid guy, right? Mm-hmm. If they wanted to hire an air raid guy, they would have gone and hired an air raid guy, right? right? Like Eric Morris was Eric, Eric Morris, Morris was out there, Graham Harrell was out there, I mean, Seth Luttrell, Seth Luttrell, was right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And so um, you know they decided not to go in those directions, and uh, you know so I think that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve than mm-hmm. than Vegas seems to think. Um, you know, I, that's the one that's a little crazy to me, yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest. Right. And, and actually, that, yeah, the fourth yeah. best team in Texas as far as odds go. Yeah, and and obviously they're not going to win the title next year. Right. But if you want to look at a value pick, mm-hmm. Houston at 500-1. to one. That's, man. I th- I, I'm wondering if Vegas is just looking at them playing in the AAC. Yeah. Right, that's just them sure. being there. But, oh, man, Dana. Like, yeah. Dana, you, if you want to bet some, if you want to bet something on Dana, like, yeah. I wouldn't be against you. I, I'm, I can't convince you otherwise. Well, here's the one thing that you'll say mm-hmm. about uh, about Houston. If they go undefeated in the schedule, mm-hmm. they're making the playoff because yeah, okay. they play at Oklahoma mm. and they play Washington State at home. <sighs> yeah. If you win those two games, yeah. you have real credibility. That's fair. That's right? fair. And, I mean, it, now if Oklahoma goes 6-6, six and six, which, sure, right. which they won't. Right. But, but, but if, yeah, that, that'll ruin it. And that'll, right. Yeah. That that would be the one thing, but sure. if you if you beat Oklahoma and then go undefeated and, and have beaten two Power Five teams in the process and beaten two of the best offensive coaches in the and history, and also like football, I mean it's not going to move the needle in terms of national title, but I mean if they go to North Texas, yeah, right, North yeah. Texas brings back a lot. That's a good team. That's a that, good, that's an mean, exciting good team. game. I'm really yeah. excited for that one. And so yeah, yeah, that that just that kind of adds to the resume a little right. bit, right? And obviously not as much as the two Power Five, but yeah, um, yeah, like that, yeah, that's a that's a strong non conference schedule. And and to be clear, like. I think that they will probably go to an or a one and two mm-hmm. in that stretch, uh, and the the one of the two is probably Oklahoma, right? And the other two could be either of the other games. I don't really know. Right. I mean, it just depends on how quickly you know that uh, that uh, Holgerson can kind of get things together. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, again, this is a group of five team that has the schedule to actually legitimately make a case for the playoff, right? Sure. And 
now I think that uh, scheduling is just something that happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> like like UCF deserved to be in the playoff more last year probably than this year, mm-hmm. uh, just on the strength of their team. Yeah. And and like scheduling, you can't always control. Things line up in this case mm-hmm. to do that, right? And and that's something that's pretty rare, mm-hmm. you know, for for a group of five team to have the schedule to do it. Um, but no, I mean again, if if they go twelve and zero slash thirteen and zero, obviously. Mm. And, and especially if you win at Oklahoma versus Washington State and you beat UCF in the title game, like you're in the playoff. Man. Yeah, I feel like I <laughs> you're feel like you're, run, you're really out of excuses. Right, right. Like, because that's the whole deal, right? UCF play somebody. They're right. playing Oklahoma. Oh, play somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're playing, you're playing. Yeah, you're playing theoretically a big, the Big Twelve right. favorite. Like, <laughs> and and to be clear, like I think Houston's gonna have a great year next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna go twelve and zero. Sure. You know, I think they. Might go nine and three, ten and two, which yeah. is which in this schedule, yeah, it's pretty dang good. But if you want to, make, like you said, value pick, right, right, five hundred to one. I mean, that's <laughs> there's some pretty good odds, and Why actually, not? even that North Texas, you know, at at a thousand to one, they bring back a whole lot. They bring back Mason Fine. They bring back their entire offense. They bring back their highly touted head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, <laughs> again, there, there's sort of an at this moment, mm-hmm. sort of an underclass in Texas, yeah. you know, with, with those bottom four teams, with sure. Texas State, UTSA, UTEP, Rice. Sure. Um, and actually, you know, I think this is actually a, a good chance to transition over to, to talking about uh, the returning production rankings. So, yeah. So SB Nation uh, every year. So actually, I just listened to the podcast Ain't Played Nobody where they talked about this a little bit. Okay. So, so what he does, because, you know, naturally you'd kind of think returning production, they probably just add everything up, divide. That's not exactly what he does. Mm-hmm. He actually values uh, certain position groups that he's found are more predictive. Okay. So it's, it's a little bit more uh, weighted, mm-hmm. right? And also partially because, like, offensive line, they measure starts, but that's not necessarily the best indicator sort of thing. So, but anyway, I think it's just interesting to look at the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two teams that are at the bottom – one one kind of really amazed me. One is like, oh no. Yeah. The last team in the state, their number one twenty-four out of one hundred thirty teams is UTEP. Yeah. So a one eleven team loses everything on defense. Yeah, in a way. In a way, obviously, at first at first glance, you know, oh no. Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah. oh god, is it gonna get worse? Right. At on a sec on second thought, you're probably like, you know what? Maybe a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like you're not you you. Do you want to keep a defense that was bad? Is kind of the thing. The defense wasn't the horrible. It wasn't horrible. Yeah. But is this the case where it's like, let's were all of those guys FBS caliber? No, for sure. And you know, and the other thing too is that in a lot of ways, like I just don't totally understand the idea of play bringing in grad transfers right. for a complete rebuild. Right. You know, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember their top linebacker's name right now, but, um, you know, he was a transfer from Oregon, mm-hmm. and he was really, really good. Yeah. And, but, like, why? Why yeah. wouldn't you just play one of your guys? I was about to say, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, uh, he's a wasted, kind of a wasted year. Right. right and, and, you know, it was something exciting for people to watch, I guess. But, um, right. uh, yeah, and, and the other concern with me right now, too, right, is mm-hmm. that, so they're actually luckily up to 11 commits in the 2019 class. Okay. Only five have signed le- letters of intent. Um, one three-star kid, quarterback T.J. Goodwin from Cypher. Okay. Um, Deion Hankins is not yet signed. Mm-hmm. That's a little concerning. Yeah. Um, you know, so the I guess the question is with me, too, is, like, they brought in a fairly big class last year. Mm-hmm. But are they going to have numbers issues? Yeah, that's a thing. That's usually a thing with, with like, 
programs that were struggling, programs that had had a lot of issues before the new head coach stepped in, right? Because right. Like, a lot of guys transferred with the last head coach. A lot of guys, you know, were cut, you know, with the transition. Or you know, a lot of coaches want to come and kind of do a clean sweep, right? right. Kind of just bomb the whole place and just like you know start fresh, and that depletes numbers. Right. That really like you have you have transfers, you have cuts, you have for whatever reason players leave or you know discipline reasons, whatever. Yeah. Players yeah. leave and and that right. depletes your numbers and that takes years. Texas State's just getting back to having numbers, right? Right. From a from Ever Withers purge, like that, typically that happens, especially yeah. with low schools like UTEP, Rice, Texas State, UTSA, where they can get away with that, right? Right, because they, 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 there's the argument that hey, these a lot of these guys aren't good enough to win with, so you're yeah. kind of willing to let them leave. Well, and and just looking back at their 2018 class, right? Yeah. They they did sign 25 guys. Mm-hmm. 22 of them are two stars. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you know, again, like at that little, you're going to get sure. a, a that's, certain. That's going to be that's going to be the cr- the main crop you get, right? Stars. But you know, you you'd like to do better than three, yeah, for three stars, you know, and and one of them was Kai Loxley, who you know has he worked out? I don't really know how to evaluate him right now. Right, uh, I mean, he's been hurt a lot, and then you know, so 22 two stars. So even though they had 25 kids, they were number 129 in the recruiting rankings. <sighs> Right, and like again, 130 FBS teams. They're yeah. behind a substantial amount of FCS. Who's the teams. one team they're above? Uh, let's figure out. It's probably it's probably a couple actually. Okay. Just because, um, like usually North Dakota State's ahead of some of sure, these. Sure, sure. You know, te- programs like that, right? Okay. So yeah. let's uh, let's go ahead and pull this up. I mean, again, seeing like UNLV at number 99, that's not the greatest sign. Right. Um. Okay. Let's see. They were ahead of Miami of Ohio. That uh, they were ahead of Liberty. Sure. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. If you're, if, yeah. you're, if you're grasping to say that, hey, we recruited right. better than Liberty. Right. I don't know if you're uh, yeah. in a good spot. <laughs> they were behind Yale. Oh God. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, they were behind Princeton. Apparently, the Ivy League just cleaned up last year. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You know. So. So that's kind of what you're t- working. Yeah, with. It's a tough spot, man. You right. Is so tough. No, it, it is, and. I think you really have to have a coach that understands that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one thing that I was a little intrigued by when they hired him is yeah. that at Kansas State, their whole deal was we are going to find a market inefficiency and we are going to recruit the crap out of it, mm-hmm. right? So they got walk-ons and they got JUCO kids, right? Because Kansas has the best JUCO circuit right. out of any, any schools, right? Mm-hmm. And, and especially for under-recruited kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Kansas is the place to go. Yeah. Um, but by the end, I mean, teams are recruiting those better than they used to, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, I'm, I, I'm sure you watched Last Chance U, and, you know, they yeah. talked about now there are a lot more kids coming in from out of state. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of wrecking the system a little bit because then kids just want to go back where they came from. Sure. Whereas, like, before there was a cap on how many out-of-state kids you were allowed to have at a, at a Kansas JUCO program. Mm-hmm. Now there's no cap. So, again, you saw uh, – Jason Brown, right? Yeah, over right, at, right. Over at Independence, it's like, all right, let's just recruit all out-of-state kids, mm-hmm. and we'll win quicker because it's all, like, castaways, like yeah. like Last Chance to yeah, that's what it's called. You know, and so – but but anyway, my point by all of that, yeah. obviously, is just to say that you don't necessarily know what uh, – you don't necessarily know how to find a market inefficiency until you find it. Mm-hmm. And – you know, because I was talking to, to, to Tepper about this the other day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, UTEP is a Texas team, 
But they don't have of. any of the advantages. I was about to say, they're, they're, a, they're a Texas team with an asterisk. Right. Right. There's no reason you should be, and I kinda, we kinda, it's funny, we kind of had a similar conversation too, um, where UTEP has no obligation yeah. to play to Texas. No. There's no reason they should have a spread offense. No. There's no reason they should be looking at Houston yeah. or Dallas. No. As uh, much as they should probably be looking west. Yeah. Right? Like Arizona. Obviously, don't ignore them. But, right. like, yeah, Arizona well, should also be your hot... You know, when you look at the, the 12 FES schools from the states, mm-hmm. 10 of them are either off of 35 or 45. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so... And then there's Tech, which at least has the advantage of being, like, the school of West Texas. Yeah. You know? And so you have, like, sort of a fan base because of that. Mm-hmm. And, and to be clear, like, El Paso is a great city. Yeah. And El Paso loves UTEP. Mm-hmm. But... I think that we can acknowledge that it's also not a hotbed for recruiting. Right. You know, like that's why that's why if they miss out on Deion Hankins, that's a big deal. That's a big deal because you don't get those guys to come out of El Paso a lot. Right. Yeah. And and you know, and you did with Aaron Jones. Right. Yeah. It hit. Guess what? (laughs) He was awesome. Yeah. I don't know. It's so it's gonna be an interesting battle for UTEP. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just to move back to the recruiting ring or the returning production. Uh so number one twenty one, worst in the power five. Texas. This is the one that kind of stirred a lot on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, I think Bill Connolly's probably gotten some emails. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, so, and, and more importantly, they're number 123 in defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's production. the big one. Because yeah. they lose one, yeah. two, three, four out of their five leading tacklers. Right. They lose arguably their, or not arguably, their best one-on-one defender in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, they lose their sack leader. Yeah. Uh, they By a lot. Their second sack leader. Right. Their third sack leader. So right. they, the their next highest guy is oh sorry they lose four to their five sack leaders. Their uh, highest returner is B J Foster. Yeah. A safety at two and a half. Oh man. Um, two and a half sacks. Their highest returning tackler is Brandon Jones. Yep. Their defensive back at seventy. Yep. Outside of the secondary, we got problems. <laughs> well, and, and actually, to be more specific, sure. outside of safety. True. Yeah. Because right. because Chris Boyd's gone. Chris Boyd and Devontae Davis. Yep. And Nicole P.J. Locke. That's right. And linebacker Gary Johnson <laughs> and Charles O'Menehue, who was yep. the best defensive lineman in the Big 12 by a lot of metrics. Anthony Wheeler. Anthony oh, Wheeler's leaving, too. I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't remember what year it was. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, we joke about him a little bit, but Reckon Hager's le- leaving, too. Yeah. You know, they, they're losing a lot. Yeah. That's a <laughs> lot. Like, like, the argument is that, you know, they're replacing those guys. You know, for, 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 yeah. for, for Brecken Hager, they're replacing them with a four-star, five-star. For sure. Guy, right. And so that's kind of the argument to say, like, eh, they'll be fine. It's like, they're not fine until we see that they're fine. Right. <laughs> and, and so the big question for me yeah. is that I think generally talent does perform. Right. Uh, and I think that's especially true at defensive end. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's especially true at, like, rush linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I think their pass rush is going to be fine. Sure. Um, and I think that probably they'll have guys step up at linebacker. Mm-hmm. The place where experience matters most is cornerback. Mm-hmm. You know, because like even safety, I think you can step in a little bit. Yeah. But like if you don't kind of have the savvy at, at cornerback, especially when you're going against Big Twelve defense or Big Twelve offenses, rather. Right. They have such talented pieces, right? Anthony Cook. Mm-hmm. Right? I was about to say, Anthony Cook's going to be the one that everybody's going to be right. looking at because it's like, hey, look, man, you got to grow up fast. And, and actually, you know, if we go back to that 2018 recruiting class, like, right. I think that there's an argument. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very real argument that they had 
a historically good oh yeah defensive back recruiting class absolutely that is one of the best of all time i would look if, if there's a yeah. chance we're saying that after yeah. after all these guys are gone yeah caden stearns bj foster at safety jalen green at cornerback demary uh demarvion overshawn sorry at safety mm-hmm. anthony cook at cornerback that's ridiculous deshaun jameson at cornerback yeah like these, that, that was a that is a loaded class that's ridiculous yeah. right all everybody that i just mentioned is in the top 115 nationally mm-hmm. and top 12 in the state that is like, insane. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous, right? So the talent is there. Yeah. The question is, this team is being portrayed as a team that's ready to win now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they play LSU week two. It's week two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. And we have to grow up quick. Yeah. And, and now, granted, the one thing that you'll say is that LSU is not a team that's going to kill you through the air. Sure. So maybe you kind of take that as some solace. Mm-hmm. But. Even at wide receiver, too, you know, you lose a little Jordan Humphrey, who was your possession guy, yep. right? And, and Colin Johnson is a really good player, but I think that if you ask which one would you rather bring back, you obviously would rather bring back Humphrey mm-hmm. just because of the safety blanket he provides. Right. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, Yeah, like you're, you're, also, you're asking Devin DuVernay to step up to be the number two guy. Which he's never done successfully. He's never done. Um, he had a solid year, but again, yeah. he was the number three guy. Yeah. He had two NFL receivers around him. Right. Um, and and the asked. other thing, too, that I'll say is that, like, mm-hmm. when you have Lil Jordan, who's, what, like, 6'4", right. and Colin Johnson, who's 6'6", six, six, like, throwing to those guys and the, the sort of level of accuracy that you need versus throwing to a speedster, yeah. it's just different. Yeah. Right? And, and, like, and I think that Sam Ellinger is a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think he's pretty accurate, and I think he made a lot of strides this year. But throwing to a guy who's fast is a lot harder than throwing to someone who's big. Right. Because he's just such a moving target. Right. You can uh, – Lil Jordan Humphrey boxed out anyone. Right. And now now you do obviously have, like, Brennan Eagles. Right? I was about to say, Brennan Eagles is going to be big. Yeah. Jordan Whittington coming, enrolling early yeah. is going to be absolutely huge. Right. They he, have talent. If they, yeah, the talent is not the problem. Right. It is turning that talent right. into – like, we, we talked about it this year um, – I think when we talked about kind of the Jordan Wil- uh, the Garrett Wilson yeah. uh, uh, recruiting cycle, where it's like, if you look at Texas and you look at Ohio State, who's put out receivers recently? Yeah. It's Ohio State. Right. And so, obviously, little Jordan Humphrey was the exception this year. Right. But until he, until he proves to be other, something other than the exception, right. you can't expect these guys to all hit. <laughs> well, and actually, you know, I, I think let's move on to the, the next worst team, number 102 yeah. in, this, uh, in the country, mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> and and the big thing, and, and this has so much to do with their linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're number one, 108 in returning defense production. And actually, they're defense linemen, too, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. So their entire front seven, basically, is yeah. just cleared out. Because yeah. you lose Tyrell Dodson early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lose uh, Otara Alaka. You lose Landis Durham. Mm-hmm. You lose Kingsley Kiki. I mean, these are really good players. Yep. And, and now, I think that the big thing is that you hope, obviously, that uh, that Anthony Hines is ready to go now. Yeah, he's going to be kind. Of, he's kind of the one waiting in the wings. Where you've, yeah, he's kind of he was he was the blue chip recruit right a couple years ago, and now it's like, all right, is he ready to be the feature linebacker? Yeah, and, feature playmaker. And like, I think he can be. Sure. Like, I, I think that I'm higher on him than a lot of people sure. are. But like. You know, and, and and they bring back Buddy Johnson at linebacker, but mm-hmm. then after that, it gets pretty dicey. Yeah. You know, I mean, because, like, I remember they lost, like, Obama Okiki at linebacker, and, like, that's going to be a guy now. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's coming off an ACL tear, I believe. And, and like, uh, you know, and then on the defensive line, like, Justin Matabuki, he's really good. Mm-hmm. 
But like you lost everybody else. I, I forgot about Dalen Mack. I was about to say, yeah, Dalen. They lost Dalen Mack. Dalen Mack. <laughs> like, and and then, yeah, I don't know. And then Donovan Wilson, obviously. So so like you have players there. And now the secondary wasn't great last year, regardless. So I right. think that some growth is going to come. Sure. Especially with guys like Leon O'Neal coming oh, in. Oh yeah. And like yes. Oh yeah. They'll be. They should be fine there. Yeah. But and again, same deal, right? Same deal. Where at like. There's so much talent here, mm-hmm. but this just feels like a setup year. Right. This and feels like a setup year. And when you look at, I mean, we talked about it with LSU in Texas. Yeah. These guys are going to get punched in the mouth week two against Clemson. Clemson. Like, you're going against Clemson with a young front seven. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Jeez, you're going to be it, leaving your secondary out to dry so much. Right. <laughs> that's and, that week two. And, and again, that's just, like, I think that there's a very good chance. That A&M mm-hmm. goes 8-5 and five next year. Sure. And that's really good. That's going to be really good. People, I'll tell you this. If A&M goes 8-4, and 8-5 and five next year, we're looking, and, and 2020, yeah. people are going to be mad. You know why? Because they're going to be number 8. Right. Like, <laughs> right. they're going to go 8-4, and four, they're going to go into 2020 as number right. 8. People are like, why are they a top 10 team? Yeah. I was like, look, did you see that schedule? They were young. They're going right. to bring back everyone. Right. That is going to be an interesting team yeah. if they can pull off something this year. Next year really feels like the setup year for right. both these teams. Yeah. Because because not only that, I mean, you have so many good sophomores on the step chart, yeah. right? I mean, obviously, Kellen Mond, uh, you know, obviously, he's, he's a big-time player. Like, yeah, so like, it look, we were worried, Jim, does Jimbo have a quarterback? Yes, yeah. Kellen Mond is yeah. a quarterback. Osborne comes back as a sophomore. You know, so many of their offensive linemen actually were sophomores looking at the depth chart right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Courtney Davis is another sophomore on, on defense, obviously. You're talking about guys like Justin Matabuki. You're talking about guys like Derek Tucker. So, like, you're going to have basically everybody from next year back mm-hmm. in 2020 because there aren't many juniors on yeah. the step charts. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think that... Again, it, it's if they win seven or eight games, like that's going to be perfectly fine. But it's not going to make people happy, right? It's, yeah, it's going to be like, well, where's where's the improvement? Where's the Jimbo right. magic? You know, and, it's going to be same deal with Texas, right? Yeah. If Texas goes, you know, uh, nine and four next year, right? Well, then I mean, now I think Texas has more of a gripe. Yes, be- if they do that, if they're more of an excuse to be angry if that yeah. happens with them, right? Yeah. Because the Big Twelve as a whole. Yeah. might not be For sure. up to well, snuff. And again, there there are four games that they not only might lose, but should lose right. at, at Texas A&M, yeah. right? At, at Texas, you're talking about LSU at home is probably a game you should lose, probably. Sure. And then Oklahoma is like a 60-40 Oklahoma game. Sure. And then you should beat everybody else. Mm-hmm. Will you? I don't know, they, but yeah, you should beat everybody right, else. Right, exactly. You're going to be favored in every other game. Right. And so it's going to be, yeah, next year is going to be the year where if Texas and A&M have the same record at like eight or nine <laughs> wins, Texas has absolutely the, the Texas fans should be more angry. Yeah, yes. <laughs> because yeah, that's there is no reason that, like you said, other than those two games, that they shouldn't be favored to win yeah. every single one. Well, moving to the other side of this, uh, hey, our alma mater is not doing too bad. Yeah, Texas State number three <laughs> nationally in returning production. Yeah. Baylor number twenty. So, uh, and, and the big thing, Texas State number five on defense, number eighteen on offense. Baylor number seven on defense. Number fifty nine on offense, but you know, I mean, a lot of that's Jalen Hurd, sure. and, and and a lot of it is offensive line starts mm-hmm. uh, with offensive linemen who weren't necessarily great. Right. So, I mean, I think that both of these teams now, now I think that we've talked a lot about Baylor mm-hmm. potentially taking another step forward, you know, sure. to, towards eight or nine wins next year, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that in a lot of ways should be expectation because other deal. Have you looked at Baylor's schedule? No, it is. Very easy. <laughs> it is very easy. Okay. Here, let's. Let, so I got it up. So, your non-conference because you know obviously the Big Twelve instituted a rule that you have to play a Power Five game now. Mm-hmm. 
uh, they didn't make you kill contracts that already existed. Okay, that's right, that's right. So they don't play one. Oh gosh, yeah. I'm versus at it right F- now. SFA versus UTSA at Rice, right? Oh boy. So so like. So by the way, let's. Uh, not only is it SFA, SFA with a new head coach of their own. Yep. Uh, UTSA with a potentially lame duck head coach. We'll see where Frank Wilson is. We will see. And then Rice, which I mean, second year head coach. Second year head coach trying to figure out number what five the heck in returning production, by the way. But uh, the production wasn't great. <laughs> right, right. Do you want that production still? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's going to be a uh, Rice is a still in the midst of a complete rebuild. SFA still in the midst of a complete rebuild. Yep. Um, UTSA should be further along, but kind of like in limbo right now, <laughs> right? But you know, there's no reason to lose it now. Yeah. Okay, then, then, then in the Big Twelve slate, here's who you have at home: Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State. That is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Based off this year, that is yeah. everyone. Yeah, and and now I think Oklahoma State's going to take a step forward. Sure. Uh, because they just same with TCU, they always do. Mm-hmm. I think TCU will take a step forward, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they'll take a huge step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, at this moment, I mean, obviously, I might look stupid later for saying this. The two Kansas teams to me are just way below everybody else. Sure. And and I mean, now they're bringing Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Who that's still he's still I I still think that's that's a multi year yeah. thing that he has. Because again, there. you know, like we talked about with uh, with Dana Dimmel, you know that. They, their roster is built in such a certain way mm-hmm. at Kansas State. And that is, that they're, yeah, they're one of the teams. You mentioned the, the Juco thing. Right. They have to gut that roster. Right. That roster is going to bleed before right. they finally start getting guys in. And, and the other thing, too, I mean, like, you know, I think that Craig Bull, the former uh, North Dakota State coach, mm-hmm. has done a very nice job at Wyoming. Yeah. But I don't think that anybody would say that he's turned them into a power by any means. No. You know? But even when you look at what he did, yeah. that roster had to bleed. Right. <laughs> that roster right. was bad right. for a couple of years before he finally gets started getting them to respectable. And right. Because let me see if, if I have it here. He came in. They went 4-8 and eight and 2-10 and ten his first two years. And then they went 8-6, and 8-5, and 6-6 six, and six and six last year. Right. He, that roster has to go down right. <laughs> because, yeah, it, you're bringing up an FCS guy who has to do things his way right. into a particularly, situ- a particularly specific situation like Kansas State. It's going to be bad the first couple yeah. of years. And, and, I mean, whatever you want to say about him, I will say a lot about him. Yeah. I mean, he had an NFL quarter on his roster for both those eight-win seasons. Yeah, that's it, true. You know, <laughs> like, we can, we can talk about how legitimate an NFL quarterback Josh Allen is. Right. But he was an NFL quarterback on his roster for two years playing in the Mountain West. Yep. So, what is, I, I don't know what Kansas State's going to look like, but I don't think they're going to look like how they're going to look this year. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, the other advantage is that you get Iowa State it's week four, so you get them early. Mm-hmm. You get Kansas State week five, and you get Texas Tech week six, mm-hmm. and even even Oklahoma State week seven. Yeah, you know, so like the teams that you're playing now, the thing that obviously sucks is that you play Texas and Oklahoma two of the last three weeks of the year. Yeah, but I mean, you get both at home, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, just like looking looking at the slate, right? Okay, obviously you should sweep through the non-conference. I think Iowa State's a fifty-fifty game. Mm-hmm. Kansas State, you should win. Tech at home, you should win. At Oklahoma State, I think it's probably a 60-40 Oklahoma State game. Mm-hmm. West Virginia is going to be in the midst of a big rebuild. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. Neil Brown has there. Yeah. Uh, TCU, probably a, another 60-40 TCU game. Mm-hmm. But anything can, literally anything can happen. I don't sure. know what's going to happen to that game. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas at home. I think that there's a pretty good chance that they steal one of those. Oof, we'll see, man. Yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> we will it, see. It depends on how good. But now, again, with Texas, you'll have... An experienced secondary at that right. point is, is yeah. the the struggle, obviously. Yeah. You know, but like the defense that we were worried about, we'll know what they are by yeah, that point. Yeah. Oklahoma, same thing with yeah. all their. Let, let's marks. put it this way: I think between Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State, they're one and two in those three games. Hmm. 
and yeah. uh, then you finish at Kansas, and you know I don't think Les Miles is going to turn things around that quickly. Right. So, um, if at all, but. I mean, this schedule is very easy. It's yeah, it's very favorable coming into you know because because yeah. especially heading into this year, you know where the Big Twelve is just so middle heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you went into to this this season, especially coming off of a one in eleven year, and it's yeah. like none of these teams are great, but all these teams are at least as good as you. Sure. And heading into this year, you're like. Tech's not going to be as good as you don't think. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, obviously Kansas, um, Kansas State should not be as good as you. Right. You know, uh, West Virginia, after losing their entire offense, shouldn't be as good as you and defense for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, so with Baylor, you know, you're in that situation. And actually, let's let's move over to Texas State too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas State obviously they have not an ideal start. Right. To yeah. the uh, 2019 at season. At AM. <laughs> at AM. But after that, uh, you know, I mean. And actually, I don't have they released the full schedule as yet for Texas State. Uh, not for conference, no. Some okay. usually one of the last ones. Yeah, that. yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean, it's like Texas State won three and nine this year, right? You know, and 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 like who's here? Let's pull up their division too. Um, you know, because because there's there's chances they have. So they start off with A and M, right? At A yep. and M, then they host Wyoming. Okay, that's we'll kind of a tough game. S- yeah, that's a tough game. They go to SMU. We don't know what SMU is going to be. Yeah, they just lost their quarterback. Still a tough game. We don't know what's happening there. Yeah, uh, still a tough game. Then they have their FCS with Nickel State. Yep. So if you're looking at you know if you're looking at two and two, I say you're fine. Yeah. If you steal uh, Wyoming or go to SMU, beat SMU. Yeah. You have something there. Obviously, Texas State's working through their own issues with yeah. Jake Spavadol. Right. Is their is their preferred quarterback on the existing roster, or is he coming in? Right. We yeah. don't know what Jake Spavadol likes. <sighs> Love me some Dresh Jensen, man. Right. Exactly. I was gonna say, like, you know, some Texas State fans will say, "Oh, we got Tyler Vitt, we got right. Jalen Gibson, we got Willie Jones." It's like they signed two quarterbacks for this yeah. class. Yeah. He, what that tells me is he doesn't think his quarterbacks in on campus right, right now. So uh, then you look at their conference schedule. It's not uh, slated out, but they have the opponents. Their away games are okay. Appalachian State, Arkansas State, Coastal, and Louisiana. App State's with a new head coach. Yeah. Arkansas State had kind of a downish they did. year. They did. I don't, at this point, I'm willing to give Appalachian State the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but Coastal and Louisiana, or Louisiana was actually pretty good this year. Coastal, I think you feel like you win. Right. Coastal is Coastal. These are the away games? Yes, these are the away okay. games. So Coastal, you should win. Right. Home gets a little more interesting because the one thing that's off the schedule now. Georgia Southern's off the schedule. Um, and you still have Troy, but Troy without Neil Brown, yep. and you get them at home. You get ULM at home, yep. you get South Alabama at home, and you get Georgia State at home. Those are big away games, big home games that I think, honestly, 3-1, and one, that should be you, – if you, go, if you don't yeah. go 3-1, and one, you yeah. should be mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, and, and, like, again, if you do – I think that, like, conservatively, right, mm-hmm. you're like, we can get, like, four to five, right? right. It, you know, it, like, five, let's sure, say. Sure. Like, you know, I think that that's pretty conservatively, that should be your expectation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, get six, that would be great. But, like, you know, going from, right. you know, two, two, two and ten, two and ten, three and nine, yeah. to five in, in Spadwell's first season. And you mentioned the production returning on defense. Yeah. That's the one, like, the defense was top 50 this year. Right. They were a legitimately good. Number five. Right. Yeah, that's in, they're bringing back everyone, I believe, I'm trying to think of who they lost. Uh, Sammy Awad at nose tackle. I think that's mostly it. Like, yeah. as far as, like, big, big-time playmakers, their secondary's back. Frankie Griffin got an extra year medical redshirt. That's huge. Their yeah. whole linebacking core is back. Um, yeah, that defense is going to be something nasty. See if Jake's, I know Zach Spavadol's probably switching to a 
Okay. So that's going to be an adjustment. So we'll see how that goes because obviously bodies on the defensive line is going to be a big thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, you you have the playmakers. You have the guys who have made you a good defense coming back. So that's going to be that's going to be kind of the crutch this year. Yeah. No. It, again, it's really interesting to look at these and 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 just to quickly run through the rest of them. So mm-hmm. SMU number twenty seven. UNT number 59, but 22 on offense, 110 on defense. So Troy Reffitt's going to have quite a job to rebuild that defense. Yep. Texas Tech, 82-67 uh, on offense, defense, and number 78 overall. That's one reason that I just really think that we don't know a whole lot about what Tech's going to look like next year. Right. Houston, <laughs> number 13 offense, number 126 defense. Now, a lot of that's Ed Oliver. <laughs> a lot of it's Austin Robinson. Also true, yeah. yeah. Their defense wasn't that great. Right. And, and, and so I mean, when you lose Oliver two, missed eight yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, five games. Sorry. Right. He yeah. only played eight. And so... It's a lot more than just that. That's true, yeah. And so, um, no, they lose a lot of their linebacker production. They lose a lot of their cornerback production. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. Again, number 126. TCU, 36 returning on offense. But, I mean, it's like Jalen Rager and, like, Lucas Niang Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, Darius Anderson a little bit. Yeah. And then, again, I mentioned, you know, uh, usually the hallmark of TCU mediocre teams is that they have a young defense. They're number 111 in returning defense production. That, that's, that's the thing that worries me. Yeah. Number 111. The thing that Gary Patterson's always leaned on. Right. There is a, there is a puncher's chance it might not be there next year. Yeah. And, and granted, like, I think that I think if there's a good chance that Gary manages to put together a defense that's about as good as it was this season, yeah. I just don't know if it's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my big concern. And, sure. and they have they have bodies, especially at like defensive tackle. Like yeah. I mean, they, they they're going to have a good defensive line next year, even mm-hmm. without uh, Ben Banigue. But okay. <sighs> I don't know. The, the, you know, just the the linebackers worry me. That's probably the biggest thing that worries me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, so the question is, are you going to be like a top ten defense? Which which I think is what you would need to be like oh nine ten wins. Right. Just with the offense coming back. Yep. <sighs> Man and. I'll tell you what, too, just, just real quick. Uh, I think you have to be kicking yourself if you picked up Alex Delton with Shane Bouchelle and Nick Starkle coming available. That, yeah, that, I don't know if they were just striking while the iron's hot. Like, yeah. oh, look, we got a quarterback that has some playing experience that wants right. to come here. But I think you could have waited. You could have waited. Nick Starkle, yeah, Starkle or Bouchelle. Yeah, and, and now Bouchelle probably wouldn't have been allowed to transfer in conference, but sure. Starkle, I mean, and Starkle's not great. I'm not going to say that he's but like. But there was a legitimate quarterback battle. Yeah, right? People, yeah. I, th- I thought Nick Starkle was going to be the quarterback right. for Jimbo. And and I think that he would have been put in, at least versus Kevin Sumlin, I think he would have been put in equally good, if not better, positions. Sure. And he has Jalen Rager. Right. You know, so. I, I don't know. It's just like Delton coming in. He's just not a good passer. Right. He, he was a runner when he was at, at uh, Kansas State. Yeah. You know? If I mean, you look at Kansas State quarterbacks right. of the past couple years, their best one still wasn't a good quarterback. Right. Colin and, Klein wasn't a good quarterback. He was a good runner. And, <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, too, is like whenever they had running downs, they would bring Delton in more often. Whenever they had passing downs, they would lean more on Skylar Thompson. So yeah. it's just like I, I, it's just a weird fit for an offensive coordinator that's an air raid offensive coordinator. Sure. Um, Anyway, I digress. But, uh, again, Gary Patterson's earned enough credit that we should assume mm-hmm. that, uh, that he'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. But those returning production numbers are scary. Uh, and moving on, number 89, UTSA. <sighs> a lot yeah. of that's with the loss of Josiah Tauefa on mm-hmm. defense, number 103 in returning defense production, number 58 on offense. Uh, the, the one thing that I think you hope for is obviously that you want to – return as much production on the offensive line as possible. Right. 
you hope that Frank Harris can come in and be that quarterback. Yeah, I was about to say, you're, you're kind of leaning on a guy coming off a torn ACL. You are, <laughs> because he turned something around. It's Frank Harris, and I think they bring in somebody in this class who wasn't, like, terribly highly touted. Sure. And, like, you bring back everybody except for Bryce Rivers who transfers. But, like, the position was terrible. Like, the position that might have been the worst quarterback play in the, in the state. It might have been the worst quarterback play in the country. It, so they uh, – so – UTSA actually became the first team since 2014, and uh-huh. Central Michigan also did it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and they fired their coach. Um, they were the first team since 2014 to average fewer than four yards of play. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> I know. Oh Trust me, I know. Like That's it's horrendous. And their solution to that? Go for a guy in house. <laughs> yeah. Go for a guy that's you know. Well, let's keep this going. It and. Look, I mean, again, I, I do think that a lot of it was line issues, yeah. but, like, I mean, Grundy was their guy, yeah. right? And Grundy just, <laughs> he couldn't do it, you know? It's just, I, I don't really know what other way to say it. He just Ooh. couldn't do it. Yeah, looking at those numbers is, is scary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, UTSA fans, I feel for you. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, and um, and actually, here, wait, I'm just going to go pull up quarterback yards per attempt real mm. quick. Um, so UTSA was third to last in the country. So so basically, there was a holy trinity of terrible offenses this this uh, this year. So um, actually, actually, can you guess them? Say it again. So it's so the, there are three teams three that were basically bottom three in every metric. Oh God, is UTEP one of them? No. 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 Oh God. No. No. UMass. No. Really? No. You're thinking too hard. I am, okay. Um, bottom three in every metric. So is UTSA one of them? Yeah. Uh, I should have guessed that one first. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Is Rice one of them? No. What? Okay. Jesus, there's worse teams out here. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. I, I'm going to take, take one more guess to try to name one of the two, and then I'll let you just... Here, let me give one hint. Okay. One of them's power five. Oh, one of them's power five. Jesus. Come on. Rutgers. Yes. Okay, Rutgers is one of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually just mentioned the other one. Oh, I'm not going to figure this out. Kansas. <laughs> no, no. No, who's the other one? Central Michigan. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a Ma- so, I forgot the Mac was yeah, yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, no, the Mac was not good. Uh, yeah, so if you look at yards per pass attempt, okay? This is just yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. UTC is at 4.7 yards per pass attempt. And then Rutgers was at 4.5, and Central Michigan was at 4.5. Oh. And then the next team you know after how, that. You know how bad you have to be <laughs> to check down every play and still be bad at it? <laughs> like, like, that's – I can't fathom yeah. throwing the ball, averaging a throw less than half of a first down, yeah. and then still being a bad passing team. <laughs> the next worst team, which, by the way, was Northern Illinois, which, yeah. which actually kind of surprised me, was 5.4. They're a full .7 yards better. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that's not so, uh, so you know, good, good luck. Uh, and again, I think the offensive line play is going to get better. The question yeah. is, is the play calling, is the creativity, is the quarterback play? I mean, obviously, uh, you lose one of the two running backs. I always mix them up. Yeah. Uh, it, I, don't, I think they bring oh, back God. Jalen Rhodes. Yeah, Jalen Rhodes is one. And then B.J. Daniels is the other. I think so, so I yes. think they lose B.J. Yes. Daniels. I always mix up the two of them. I just right. think of them together. I just, I just remember because they both were just letdowns this year. Right. <laughs> like I was like, oh, one of these guys is going to break right. out. Oh, no, neither right. of them are going to break and then, out. Yeah, but just to finish out, Texas A&M 102, Texas 121, UTEP 124. 
So it, uh, I don't know. I mean, no, Daniels is back. Daniels is back. Daniels is back. Rhodes is gone. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just to go down, just because I think it's interesting, the mm-hmm. bottom five period in college football, the list, UAB loses the most. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to to administrator uh, who at a at a conference who was a school before, and and he mentioned that UAB's people had kind of talked to him and been like, if we don't win this year. We're just, like, we lose everything next yeah. year. And, and they're right. They bring back 36% of their overall production. Uh, after that, Fresno State, same sort of deal. Ugh, UMass, <laughs> third to last, and they weren't even good this year. Yeah. Buffalo, obviously, Tyree Jackson, their quarterback, leaving. Lance Leopold's, it, it, I think that this is only his first season, I think, so he's going to have to rebuild everything. Navy, that's kind of interesting, actually. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Navy loses a whole lot. And on the other end, Western Michigan brings everything back. Tennessee, number two. Mm. Texas State, Southern Miss, interesting, because mm-hmm. they were, uh, oh, they're number one in returning offense. Obviously, mm-hmm. quarterback Jack Abraham had a great game against uh, UNT in a loss. But, um, but yeah, so they're, they're number four overall, and Rice is number five. Mm. So, I don't know. I, and, I mean, Usually what you kind of see is that you're, if you're sort of in that top group, you're going to see progress. Yeah. And, and Bill was actually talking about this yesterday on, the, on his podcast. If you're below 40% usually is when you're like guaranteed regression. And there's only two teams that are in that, Fresno State and UAB. Okay. Um, everybody else brings back at least 43%. So, so that's the one saving grace about Texas is that they're, they're really low, but mm-hmm. they're at 48%. This is just a year with a lot of people coming back. Sure. Uh, but I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's gonna make things real interesting. Anyway, I think we've I think we've talked long enough. Sure. <laughs> Thank Not you. Not bad everyone. for an off-season podcast. Oh man, <laughs> oh, we could have talked. Oh man, there's always so much to talk about. College football. still yeah. College football's still, the best, man. It's twenty-four-seven. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much to our sponsor, North Texas Honda Dealers. Thanks again to Ishmael Johnson. Again, you can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com, TexasBasketball.com. Make sure and pick out the Winter Recruiting Magazine. Pick up the uh, Winter Basketball Magazine. You can buy it on TexasBasketball.com as well. Follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sex Football. Follow us on Twitter, DCTF. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, Instagram, Dave Campbell's. Instagram, Dave Campbell's. Well, folks, we'll uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, I guess, on Sunday. Make sure uh, you... If, you, if you're doing anything uh, fun for the Super Bowl, make sure and let us know. If you're uh, making anything particularly for the, for the day in terms of food. Do, do you guys do anything in particular? Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing in particular. I'm usually the guy that just goes to other people's places. <laughs> and just like, hey, what do you guys got going yeah, on? So. so, you know, the fun, just a peek behind the curtain. My, my family does not care about sports. Sure. At all. Okay. And so uh, it took them a little while to realize that I loved sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I kind of just kind of do my own thing because they, maybe they go to a colleague's house or something, but that's right. pretty much it. So. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for for joining us. We will be back with you again next week.